ready to get started today. I am so, so happy to be here with each and every one of you. Thank you very much for rising up with me this morning, for having devotion with me every single morning, five days a week. It is my new favorite hour of the day. 
Rise Up is my favorite show that I get to do. As you know, I get to do three shows a day. I am so blessed. But this show right here has definitely been a change uh, in my life. And just like that song, Waymaker, uh, my God, that is who you are. He made a way for us to have this 9 o'clock show. And again, I did not plan, like I said many, many times, I never planned on doing this show five days a week. I Let me make that one clear one more time. There was no possible way that I was going to do another show a day, five days a week. I was really kicking around the idea of even doing this twice a week. But God convicted me. The Holy Spirit convicted me. Jesus convicted me. And once I got a taste of being able to share the gospel with you as part of my morning devotion and my hour with my God every morning, that changed my whole life. It changed this network. It changed the flow of every show to follow this show throughout the day here on LFA TV. And it changed most of your lives that are watching right now because of this addition to your morning. And it has been a blessing. It has been an honor. I love each and every one of you. And as always, let's go ahead and pop on that rumble chat so we can see who's joining us today and where you're from. Here we go. You can't beat God, says Mustache. LFA producer is in there. Thank you, Kong. Thank you, Miranda. You guys are always, always at the top of that rumble ranting. And I love you so very much. Miranda says, amen, Jeremy, our way maker and miracle worker. Thank you for being obedient. God bless you and LFA TV. Ronke says, this is by far my favorite show of all. I cannot disagree with that. Jeremy, yes, best hour of the day with you and wonderful people. Shelly Rose, that's a great statement because the people that are here are some of the most godly, wonderful people, but some people that are here are not godly but are seeking God. Jeremy, I got the call December 21st. My breast MRI was clean. What? Bring that back up. My breast MRI was clean. I was given a new beginning and new priorities. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you, and God bless you. What a wonderful Wonderful new outlook on life. C.L. Burns is here. Barb Naylor is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Kind embroidery on Etsy. You're going to want to check that out. We've got Krista from New York. We've got Lori from Pennsylvania. We've got James from Wisconsin. We've got Char DZC from Jersey. Julie from Indiana. How are you? Good to see you here. Jeremy, don't understand what this, you don't understand what this show does uh, to me. And how you affect each and every day for me. God bless you and thank you. Well, thank you. Today's show is going to be about Christianity being contagious. Christianity is so contagious that COVID-19 doesn't even hold a candle to how contagious Christianity is. So what are we supposed to do? Jesus told us, spread it. And today, not only are we going to talk about how contagious Christianity actually is, we're also going to be talking about being convicted by the Holy Spirit, knowing what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do, and knowing that you 
are not fulfilling your God-given potential to be who you were created to be and how most of us are being who the world wants us to be. And we're going to break that all down today. And I also have a very, very wonderful treat for you. It's the next best thing to having Ray Comfort on the show, which we will. But two years ago, I saw a video from Ray Comfort that broke me down to a molecular level, even further than that, to a spiritual level. It broke me down and convicted me in a way that no other video ever had up until that time. And that was two years ago this month. And I believe I showed it to you two years ago. But I'm going to show it to you again on the anniversary of the first time that I watched it. Because if we're talking about convicting you at a spiritual and a molecular level, well, then we can't do it without showing that video. Ladies and gentlemen, please join with me in prayer. Bow your heads and let's pray for this show, this network, this gospel, all of you watching, and the word being spread further and further every day. I would love to see 2,000 people watching this show. That would be a blessing. Live, that would be a blessing, especially for being a new show. So here we go. Lord and, Fa- Lord and Heavenly Father, wow. What a blessing it is to be convicted. Now, I know that sounds weird to those listening, Lord, but please convict their, so- their hearts through the Holy Spirit. Convict them for their wrongdoings. Convict them of their understanding. Lord, the world looks at a conviction as a bad thing, but we as Christians understand that being convicted is the best thing that could ever happen to us. Maybe that will transcend, that message will transcend to those who are involved in criminal cases right now or maybe even sitting in jail. Conviction maybe was the best thing for them here on earth as well. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to see where we go wrong and to be able to write ourselves in your, um, in your light, by your mercy, by your grace. Lord, thank you for conviction. Lord, thank you for understanding. Thank you for an open mind and an open heart to receive the gospel. And thank you for using this network, this podcast, and this group of people watching every day as a vessel for your word to spread the message of Jesus Christ to all corners of the world so that we may see Jesus sooner rather than later. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Conviction. Ladies and gentlemen, right now is the time that I am going to, we're going to read from one minute prayer for dads. And then I'm going to go to the video that really convicted me two years ago. Now I was convicted in 2016, but not fully. I was convicted of some crimes, but not all. I was forgiven for all, but inside there was more that I needed to be convicted of. And two years ago that happened. So let's go to one minute prayer for dads, and then we'll go to that video, okay? I'm going to read from the fear of the Lord, Proverbs 14, 26. Now again, this is the first book that we read every day. Why? Because this is the first book that I read and still continue to read every day with my devotional with God. 
And it was given to me by my mother when the Lord found me astray. And I haven't put it down ever since. And I've said this before. While this is a great book, a necessary book for fathers, it's just as good as a book for mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers as well because the word, the message will convict you as an authoritarian figure in your family. Proverbs 14.26 says, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have refuge. Now, in Proverbs 1.7, we were told that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Why then do so many families not teach this basic lesson to their children? In Psalm 19.9, we're told that the fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever. We do well as dads to teach our children to fear the Lord. Now, before we get to the prayer of that devotional, what does fear the Lord mean? An unbeliever would say, why does your creator, who speaks nothing but love, acceptance, and understanding, want you to fear him? And the answer is very complicated unless you know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you look at fear as your enemy. If you do know Jesus, then you look at fear as your friend. How's that for your morning slurp? Matter of fact, before we get to that, let's have our morning slurp. And let's hope that you guys are brewing your Rise Up Coffee to enjoy uh, right alongside me, your gourmet Rise Up Coffee. Whether you have the light and medium roast, which is American pecan, or whether you have the dark roast, which is the Sumatra Gold, let's, uh, let's have a toast right now to God and to this show and to each and every one of you. We start our morning with a little coffee and Jesus round these parts, ladies and gentlemen. So let's break that down. If you don't know Jesus, you look at fear as your enemy. If you do know Jesus, you look at fear as your friend. How could that be? Well, let's put it this way. If we were on a plane that was going down, I've used this analogy before. If we were on a plane that was going down and you, there was a parachute on board and your plan was to jump out of the plane and flap your arms, I would say, don't do that. As our friend Ray Comfort says, don't do that. Put on the parachute. You're never going to save yourself by flapping your arms. Put on the parachute. Now, had you not know the plane was going down and I held you outside that plane for just a few seconds and you saw your death, fear becomes your friend at that moment because fear tells you, whoa, I can't flap my arms and save myself. I must put on that parachute. Now, the analogy here, the parable, is Jesus is the parachute. So if I were to hold you outside that plane, you would, you would very quickly go, wait a minute, never mind, I can't flap my arms and save myself. I need the parachute. Yeah, of course you do. So in that moment, fear is your friend. When you fear the Lord, fear is your friend. Fear is telling you how powerful the Lord is, what the Lord is capable of, what the Lord has done for you, what the Lord has done to your enemies. You should fear the Lord. You should fear anything that has the power to create and destroy everything in the universe. Fear the ocean sometimes, don't you? Fear a storm. Why wouldn't you fear God? Fear is your friend, not your enemy. And when you know Jesus, 
you become aware of that. Fear is not your friend. Fear is, or fear is not your enemy. Fear is your friend, but not the kind of fear that the world knows. The world wants you to fear as in be afraid of. The Bible tells you not to be afraid of anything. Fear as we know it as Christians is not the same way that the world thinks of when they think of fear. Fear is I want to run away from something because it scares me. In our world, fear is telling us something, telling our conscience to do something. Holy Spirit, activate. Anyway, let's get on to the prayer. Lord, I don't see much fear in the Lord in the world today, of the, wor- of the Lord in the world today. Most people, including many Christians, have forgotten how to walk in the godly fear of you. And yet, if we fear, your right, if we fear you rightly, we can have strong confidence in you. Our children have a refuge. Thank you that fearing you is a good thing, not a terrifying thing. Yes to fear. You is to, yes to fear you is to really know and love you. I pray that fathers everywhere will become established in the proper fear of you and reap strong confidence in all they do. You know how the Democrats and politicians in general make words mean something different? Somewhere along the lines, ladies and gentlemen, we on earth took the word fear and changed it. We don't look at fear the way unbelievers do. It's a completely different way of looking at things. Like, once you become a believer, once you are with Jesus, you don't fear death. You actually long for the time that you get to be in heaven. When you're an unbeliever, you fear death. And anybody who tells you otherwise is lying to you. And if you don't believe me, put them on a train tracks while a train's coming and let them and, and see what happens. They're going to jump off the train track, obviously. Because instinct kicks in. And inherently, you have fear of dying. Unless you know where you're going. Then you're like, come on, hurry up. You know what I mean? Not really, but you get what I'm saying. Let's go to this video now about conviction. Now, this young man, his name is Mario. Now, Ray Comfort got to uh, witness to Mario. And this is the power of spreading the gospel. In the beginning of this video, you're going to see Mario completely have a different thought process on the world, where we came from, God, all of it. But somewhere in the middle of the video, the Holy Spirit starts convicting him because he's got an open mind and an open heart and open ears and open eyes. He's listening and he's taking it in. He did not have any fear of the Lord until about halfway, three quarters of the way through this video. Now, I may stop the video at some point and talk to you about it. But ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, This was a video that convicted me two years ago, and I hope it brings tears to your eyes today. Have your coffee, because it's going to get rough. Here we go. So, Mario, are you spiritual? Yes. What do you mean by that? The way I grew up, my heart was in my neighborhood, but my love, I've always been loyal to love. I've always known that. But it deceived me. I confused the two. If you confuse the two, it lets you down. And if it, you have to pick yourself up, yourself up. You can't let anybody else pick yourself up. For Is that what you mean by spiritual? Just self-improvement? Or yes. Talking about God. Self-improvement. That's what I believe in. I believe in all religions have a universal meaning. I believe in the power of the universe. I believe that we're all just human and we're all here to spread love. And that's all I got to do. <laughs> so... 
Do you think God created everything? Do you think evolution created everything? We can never know. Ever. <laughs> oh, you may not be able to ever know. I know. You can know within. You hear that, Mario? I know. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say we can never know. That's limiting your knowledge. Um, do you ever think about how amazing life is? I mean, look at the blueness of the sky and the sun. Do you ever think about the sun, how incredible it is? How incredible it is? It's 93 million miles away, and it's just warm enough to ripen your tomatoes. Any closer, we're all dead. Further away, we're all dead. Do you ever think about how amazing that is? I do. So how did it get there? I had to learn it myself. I had to go within, and nobody can teach it for you. You have to go within. All right, we're going to stop this video real quick because I want to talk about this right now. And I've seen some of you say, I remember this. I'm glad you remember this. This is so powerful. Right now, Mario thinks that he can save himself. Right now, Mario thinks that as long as he does what he thinks is right, then he will save himself for after this life, whatever he thought at that point that he would be okay. Because he's going to save himself through love and through kindness, which is something you definitely want to do. Love and kindness, right? Obviously. But right now, he thinks he can save himself. Right now, he's the guy that says, I can jump out of this plane and survive by flapping my arms. But fear is going to convict him in just a second. I just wanted to stop that video right there. Let's resume. The universe, if your loyalty lies in love for yourself, that's it. You love yourself? I do. You love God? I love God. But in my mind, God is the entire universe. So I well, love that's, the entire... It's called pantheism. The difference between the painter and the painting. You don't love the painting, you love the painter because he's the genius that created the painting. And so if you love creation, you're setting your affection on the creation rather than the creator, and that's called an ordinate affection. It's a wrong order of affections. If your mum gave you a gift and you love the gift more than you love your mother, there's something wrong. You should be saying, hey mum, thanks for this car. I'm grateful to you, not to the car. Grateful to you for the gift. Make sense? I personally know who I am and why I'm here. I found my purpose from within. I know that to be true. I've never lost He's that still in my entire life. At I've this been point. the same person. You need love. You can't be a man without love. You have to separate yourself from love in order to find that for yourself. Nobody else can do it for you. That's the point. Do you trust yourself? I do. How many? Let me ask you a question. Spell the word shop. S-H-O-P. What do you do when you come to a green light? G-O. Good work. <laughs> Spell the word silk. S-I-L-K. What do cows drink? M-I-L-K. No, they drink water. <laughs> never trust yourself, because we are, we are easily deceived. The Bible says, he who trusts his own heart is a fool. A lot of people are dead because they trusted their own heart. They made judgments. I can beat that truck and overtake this car, and they couldn't. Wrong judgment. All right, so what did Ray question. do right there? What did Ray do to Mario right there? Ray said, you trust yourself? I do. You trust that you think that you're right about all of this? I do. What do you do? How, uh, spell the word shop, S-H-O-P. What do, you come, what do you do when you come to a green light? Now, most people say stop. He said go. He said spell the word silk, S-I-L-K. What do cows drink? He said M-I-L-K. He was wrong. So... What Ray Comfort did right there was a very, very earthly way of getting Mario to understand that you're not always right. A matter of fact, you're so wrong that you're wrong even about something as simple 
as what a cow drinks because you trusted on your own understanding and comprehension of the question that I asked you. So Ray Comfort very cleverly gets him to understand from I trust myself that I can save myself to wow, I can't even trust the fact that I couldn't get that very simple question correct because I didn't comprehend it and understand it. So what Ray did was just break down a wall. Very, very, very smart what Ray Comfort did, how he evangelizes to people because he doesn't convict them by saying you're going to hell. He lets the Holy Spirit convict them. He just puts them in places and situations and in scenarios in which they have to admit it to themselves and not hear it talked to by somebody else to them. You know what I'm saying? Very, very incredible. Let's go back to the video. You said your concept of God is that he is the universe. Yeah. Do you think God is happy with you or angry at you? Depending on what you do, God will love you for it either way. <laughs> That's what I believe in. So how are you doing morally? As are you, long as you stay true to yourself, God will love you. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you know in your heart you're doing it for the right reason, love. You have nothing to worry about in this world whatsoever. It's called faith. Let's see how you're doing. Do you think you're a good person? Yes. How many now lies have you told in your him. life? I've lost count. Okay, well do you call someone who's told lies? A liar. So you've blown that one. Have you ever stolen something, even if, you're, even if it's small? Yeah. Do you call someone who steals? A liar. A thief. If you deny that you lie, steal, cheat, and deceit, you become those things. And that's what you have to understand as a human, is that you can't lose yourself in yourself, because that's the double-edged sword of love. It's out there. You just got to find it for yourself in order to truly know what it is. And I just want to push that to everybody. <laughs> That's okay, Mary, you were saying that you found yourself. What are mankind's origins? Where do we come from? Women. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, originally, I don't mean from your mother. I mean, where did, what's, what's the origin of humanity? Authenticity and love. No, the origin, where did we come from? What was in the beginning? Man and woman. <laughs> yeah, but for man and women. Who created man and woman? A higher power. Uh, who was that? God. <laughs> okay. Boom. Why do we exist? Pause that right there. Okay. He just got him to admit within, we're five minutes and three seconds into the video. He got him to admit that he believes in God. He didn't say that in the beginning. He said, I believe I am one with the spirit. I believe I found myself. So Ray says, you found yourself? Good. Explain to me where you found yourself. Where'd you come from? Because if you found yourself, you must know where you come from. Where did you come from? And you see, he tried to answer in an earthly way, but sooner or later, if you're honest, and again, most people will not be honest when they're being convicted like this. But if you are honest with the questionnaire and with yourself, the Holy Spirit will convict you within minutes. In five minutes and three seconds, he got to him to admit to God. Oh, it gets way better. It gets way better. And you're, you better get your, uh, you better get your Kleenexes ready because you are about to cry. Because once this young man realizes that he's a child of God and what he's done is wrong, wow, does it hit him like a ton of bricks. It hits him. Like, and you know another amazing thing about Ray Comfort and the way he evangelizes he does not let 
the person that he is evangelizing to get off track. He'll ask a question and this person will get off track and they'll say, yeah, but blah, 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 blah. And they'll go off track for five minutes and he'll go, anyway, back to the question. He keeps on track because if he keeps on track, he knows the Holy Spirit's going to do its job. Let's go back to the video. Again, the guy doing the video is Ray Comfort. He's worked with Kirk Cameron for many, many, many years. Uh, and uh, he's best known as the way of the master, the banana man. Uh, if you don't know anything about it, go, go look up his history. Uh, I've been following Ray for quite a while, and I met him uh, last year. Cannot wait to bring him on the show. But what? let's watch. Let's continue to watch how Ray continues to let the Holy Spirit do the work. And all he's doing is getting the person to open up honestly. It's incredible. It's human beings. To love. Okay, and where are, you, where are you going when you die? Whatever you did here... It depends. That's <laughs> okay, true. Now, third commandment, you should not take God's name in vain. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Okay, would you use your mother's name as a cuss word? Never. Never, because you honor her, but you haven't loved and honored God. You've used his name as a filth word to express disgust, which is called blasphemy. So serious, it's punishable by death in the Old Testament. Appreciate your honesty and your, uh, and your patience with Starting me. To make now, Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Yes, I'm a man. <laughs> Have you had sex before marriage? Yes, I'm a man. So, Murray, I'm not judging you. You judge yourself. But you've told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterer at heart, and you have to face God on Judgment Day. If he judges you by the Ten Commandments, I've looked at four, you're going to be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Heaven or hell? This is where it hits him. Hell. Now, does that concern you? Deep down, yeah. And it horrifies me. We've just met. I love you. I care about you. The thought of you going to hell just breaks my heart. Do you know what death actually is? According to the Bible? Ultimate enlightenment. Well, no, it's wages. It says the wages of sin is death. God's given you death as wages for it's your sin. He's your paying head. you in death. He's giving you capital punishment. Like a judge looks at a heinous criminal who's raped three girls and then murdered them. He says, you've earned the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what's due to you. And sin is so serious to God, Mario, that he's given you capital punishment. Lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterate heart. Now tell me, what did God do for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? Do you remember? <clears throat> he came up with the idea that depending on what you do here, you're either good or bad, and that's it. You just got to stick to that and have the faith in that. And then no, that's not what he did. Jesus suffered and died on the cross for the sin of the world. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. Mario, if you're in court and someone pays your fine, a judge can let you go. Did you know that? You can say, Mario, there's a stack of speeding fines here. This is deadly serious. But someone's paid him. You're free to go. And he can do that which is legal and right and just. And God loves you so much, he became a human being, suffered and died on the cross to take the punishment for the sin of the world. That means you don't have to end up in hell. God can legally forgive your sins because he's the lover of your soul. And then Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death. Mario, if you give up the battle and just say, God, I'm a rebel, and you repent and trust in Christ, God will forgive every sin you've ever committed and grant you everlasting life as a free gift. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes. And it's the gospel truth. I wouldn't lie to you. 
Are you ready to repent and trust in Christ? Yes. Can I pray with you? <laughs> sure. Father, I pray for Mario. Thank you we met today. Thank you we met today. I pray today he'll truly repent and trust in Jesus and have his sins forgiven in a second and pass from death to life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you have a Bible at home? No. I'm, I'm going to give you some literature. Now, do you know why you're, you're weeping? Any idea? Because I've sinned as a man. That's called contrition. And the Bible says godly sorrow, being sorry for your sins, works repentance. So I trust today that God's brought conviction of sin to you and that you know you've sinned against God and you'll understand that God can forgive you and grant you everlasting life as a free gift. I've got some literature for you. Okay, Mario, thank you for talking to me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you interviewing me. I do. A friend recently asked me to send him the full Mario interview so that he could show it to his church. Then he sent me this email. Okay, they were blown away yesterday by the Mario video. Brought several to tears. Not kidding. I closed out the service by asking who would attend a class where we could learn how to do what we just saw Ray do. Half the church said sign them up, and more from the half that didn't will once they see it happening. When he asked what he should use, I suggested the basic training course. You need only know how to click play. The course does all the teaching for you. The Way of the Master has been commanded by John MacArthur, Ravi Zacharias, David Jeremiah, Joni Erickson Tata, Josh McDowell, and many other Christian leaders. The Way water. of the Master, ladies living. and gentlemen, Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com. He's got so much there. And by the way, Living Waters, Kirk Cameron, Ray Comfort, the whole crew, they've come up with so many great ways for you to evangelize. You can go and purchase at very low cost all these little things, these little booklets, these little pamphlets that they use to go evangelize, and they teach you how they do it. How many of you are crying? How about that? How many of you are crying from that video? I want you to be honest with me. I'm going to pull up the Rumble chat, and I want to know how many people were just convicted by that video or were touched by that video. Thanks for all everything you do. A truly positive influence on the world. Thank you. I love seeing youngins be saved, says Hayes. Amen. One American patriot, man. For the Lord is great and greatly to be Praised. El Dooley. Tears are streaming. Amen. Amen. Wait, why didn't Ray lead him to Christ? Romans 10, 89 and 13. I think he led him to Christ. I think he I think he planted the seed. And now that and he and he gave him gospels to go read. So uh balling, says Biker. Miranda says me. J Dog, me. Marilyn, me. Amber, me. Liberty says me. Freebird, me. Tears for, uh, cheers. Yes, I didn't cry, but sympathize. Yes, me, I am. That was beautiful. Folks, that video changed a lot for me. Two years ago, I saw that. I played it for you two years ago. I liked, I like to say this way, in each person, there is a God-shaped hole in our soul heart. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I was very touched by this video. God was blessing him and he didn't even know it. Well, look what happened. In a matter of 10 minutes, he went from, I don't really believe in God. I believe in power. I believe in myself. I trust myself. I know where I am. I found myself. I can save myself. To being a believer in God, even saying it himself, 
and truly probably was saved at that moment. Now, how could that be if there's no God? How could somebody who's so adamant that there's no God in 10 minutes be brought to the fact that there is a God, that he's a child of God, that he was just saved from God, and that he's crying, literal tears. How is that possible? I'm asking, I'm asking all the unbelievers out there. How is that possible if there is no God? Ray didn't give this man enough in 10 minutes to brainwash him to make him believe this. That kind of brainwashing would have to be done over months, possibly years. So if we're looking at this in a logical, earthly, let's uh, common sense way, how was it that that kid went from that belief to that belief in 10 minutes and got convicted to his soul enough to make him cry and then thank Ray Comfort for coming there? How is that possible? If there's another reason or another way that that's possible, please let me know. Because like I said, you can't say he was brainwashed or coerced. That can't happen in 10 minutes. Not in reality. I cannot brainwash somebody in 10 minutes to get the, to where it hits them at their soul. I don't think anybody can. I don't think the government could do that with all of their technology. The Holy Spirit can. You want to know why? And do you want to know why it happened so fast? Because the Holy Spirit was already residing in him. He has a conscience. He was given that conscience and that Holy Spirit at birth. He was brought to the understanding that he is a sinner and needed a savior, said C. Geringer. Exactly right. Exactly right. Born again on December 13th, 1991 at 9 a.m., said Chef. Praise Jesus. Saved in my home. And Armilius says, the very single favorite verse that I have, with God, all things are possible. Amen. Only God could be able to do that, would be able to do that. Only God could do that. Nothing else on this earth would change somebody's core beliefs that fast. You must understand how real this is. I cry when unbelievers understand and receive what it means to trust Christ. I am so grateful that I accepted Christ. Folks, every time I see an unbeliever wake up and realize what's going on, I fall to my knees. I lose the strength to stand up. How many of you, apologize for the tears in my eyes, how many of you feel the same way you felt when you were saved when somebody else is saved and you see it happen? Me, I'm one of those people. If I see somebody realize the truth, when I see somebody wake up and get it and then they're convicted, I feel like I did the very first time that Jesus convicted me. Now, do you know that saying, Jesus, take the wheel, I give up? I was at the wheel when Jesus convicted me. I really needed Jesus to take that wheel. I really needed that. Sundog, you are not saved until you accept Jesus' sacrifice 
for their sins. And another thing is you can't say how long that takes for somebody. Remember when I said a person who kills themselves doesn't go to heaven and I was 1,000% wrong because you don't know what happened in the person's last second of their life, last minute of their life with Christ? Every time I see somebody convicted, I feel like I was convicted as well. The same day I was, that's how I feel. Let's move to the next book because that video and this conversation has taken up so much time. Kitten says, I cry with them. I know that their joy is overflowing. It's precious. Because you know that feeling. Majogo said, I would have loved someone to be there when I was saved so I, could under- so I would understand the crying. Now I know, but back then I did not. Amen. Same with me. Same with me. There is no greater gift that you could give me than to see somebody saved. That to me... By far. You couldn't give me a billion dollars. You couldn't make LFA TV the most watched network on the planet and have me feel better than I do when I see somebody saved. No other feeling that that compares to that. No other feeling. You must be convicted by the Holy Spirit to get saved, and then the Holy Spirit lives in you, says W. Wilson. Amen. All right, let's go to this new book, The Bible Promises, or The Bible Promise Book for Mornings and Evenings. Now, we started this book out yesterday for the first time. It was a phenomenal book. Let's go back to it today. From Psalm 84, 5, it says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. And from 2 Corinthians 12, 10, I'm glad to be weak or insulted or mistreated or have troubles and sufferings if it is for Christ. Because when I am weak, I am strong. Now the world would look at an unbeliever caving to Christianity as being weak. Oh, they got you. They got you. But this will tell you I am glad to be weak or insulted or mistreated or have troubles or sufferings if it is for Christ. Because when I am weak, I am strong. Because you understand that you got to give it all up. You can't do anything without Christ. And understanding that you're weak makes you strong. Chef said, what is the book? The book is the Bible promise book for mornings and evenings. Very good book. The Apostle Paul stopped struggling against his thorn in the flesh when he realized it was God's gift to make him rely on God's strength. God wants us to do the same with our weakness. Where do we feel weak today? When we turn that area over to him, God will demonstrate his strength just like he did to Paul, formerly Saul. Can you imagine how Paul felt Can you imagine how Paul felt knowing the Christians that he killed, imprisoned, targeted, assaulted, all for believing in Christ? And then on the way to Damascus, Jesus shows up in front of him and says, why do you persecute me? And blinded him. That moment right there for Paul was like that moment for that young young man. He was convicted instantly. 
Imagine how Paul felt. Imagine how Paul felt knowing what he did. Paul went on to write three quarters of the New Testament. I identify with Paul in the Bible, formerly Saul, more than I do anybody else who wrote anything in the Bible. Because he spent the rest of his life trying to get people to understand the transformation that takes place in your life when you have Jesus. Truly incredible. Now we're going to move on to heaven. 90 devotions from the daily bread. And this one is called eternal eyesight. Now we're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians 4.18 and then the wonderful story that follows. So if you've got your Bible, it's 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is unseen is temporary, or since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We've said that verse maybe 10 times in the last six months. I received good news at my eye checkup. My far away vision had improved. Well, I thought it was good news until a friend informed me far away vision can improve as we age. Close up vision may diminish. The report made me think of another kind of improved far away vision that I have observed in some Christians. Those who have known the Lord for a long time or who have gone through great trials seem to have a better heavenly vision than the rest of us. Their eternal eyesight has gotten better as their close-up earthly vision is diminishing. I can't think of anybody else but Paul while I read this. Because the Apostle Paul had that type of eternal vision, he encouraged the church in in Corinth. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving For us, an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is unseen is temporary, or since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. For now we struggle with our eyesight. There's a tension between enjoying all that God has given us in this life, yet still believing that theologian John Edwards said about our future, quote, to go to heaven... Fully to enjoy God is infinitely better than most pleasant accommodations here. Seeing him will bring perfect vision. Going back to the beginning of this show, Christianity is contagious. Spread it. When you saw that video today of Ray Comfort and Mario... How bad did you want to share that video? How bad did you want to show somebody else in your life that video? Let me ask you this. How many of you are going to go show that portion of that video to somebody else? Then ask yourself, why do you want to do that so badly? Because sharing the gospel is contagious. Because seeing somebody saved, like I said, is the best present that they can receive and that you can receive. 
Larry said, I'm confused. God created everything on earthly flesh and blood. We are to enjoy all God created. Yet if we do enjoy a woman's body, we are sinners. We fornicate. We have a child. It's a gift from God. But Larry, I, th- I, I, I see you're very, very, very confused there. So let me, let me, um, let me kind of touch on that real quick. Too much of anything is bad. Right? You love and need water, right? But if you drink too much water, you'll die. You love the woman's body, right? God gave that to you. That is your right. But he also gave you marriage. You are to enjoy a woman's body all day, all night, if that's how you, if that's what you want, and that's what she wants. You just must be married. Just like you can come to the United States all you want. You just got to come here legally. Well, not now, but you understand what I'm saying. Everything God gave us has a red line. God gave you the ability to know who he is to worship him. Not the ability to know that there are, is a God and that you make up your own God to go worship another God. See what I'm saying? God gave us great things, but with limits. We must limit ourselves to those great things. Sex is not a sin if you are in marriage. It's a sin if you're outside of marriage. Just like you tame your tongue, you must tame your sexual desires too. Everything on this earth is for us to enjoy. But we must know and act on our limits. We must. Because even too much of great things too much of, of a great thing is bad for you. See what I'm saying? All right, let's move on, ladies and gentlemen, to Jesus Listens, because boy, does he ever. All-knowing God, I delight in the truth that I am fully known. You know absolutely everything about me, yet you love me with perfect, unfailing love. Folks, just so you know, everything that Jesus went through is what you deserve. You don't deserve God's love, not in God's standards, not in a righteous, godly standard. By your standards, you're probably a good person. By your standards, you probably deserve love. By God's standards, you do not. By God's standards, you deserve the exact opposite. You deserve every single beating and every piece of torture that Jesus took. That's why he took it. So for God to give you all of this, Knowing full well that you deserve the opposite, that is a great gift. I spent many years searching for greater self-understanding and self-acceptance. Underlying this search is the desire to find someone who truly understands me and accepts me for who I am. I've discovered that you are that someone who can satisfy my deep-seated longing. In my relationship with you, I become more complete with who I really am. How many times have we talked about it? Stop being who the world wants you to be and stop being what your self-image of yourself is. Start being who God created you to be and then you'll understand how great you really are. Help me to be increasingly real with you, dropping all pretenses and openly opening up fully to you. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me. 
and know my anxious thoughts. In the light of your holy gaze, I can see many things I need to change. But I know you are with me in my efforts, so I won't despair. Instead, I'll rest in your presence, receiving your love that flows freely into all of me. As I take time to soak it in all of this powerful love, it feels it fills up my empty spaces and overflows into joyous worship. I rejoice that I am perfectly known and forever loved. Perfectly known and forever loved, but still have many flaws. And you're never, ever, ever going to be able to stop working on them because you're never going to be perfect. Only Jesus was. Now, we've only got a few minutes left. I'm not going to be able to get to my other books today, but I am going to go to the verse of the day today because it's very, 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 very important, okay? And the verse of the day today, ladies and gentlemen, is titled, Christianity is Contagious. I'm going to read the beginning part, and then I'm going to read the verse. And then I'll read my portion of it, as always, on the 11 o'clock show. If you've not rumbled the video, please do so. If you've not shared the video, please do so. Again, Christianity is contagious. Let's spread it. Good morning. How are you on this blessing of a Wednesday morning? There's a thing called American Christianity. And it's tied to our patriotism and the way we think as a nation. However, when you hear this said, it's not in a good way. And here's why. Because as Americans, we grew up thinking that we are number one, that we as a whole country were the best country in the world because we were built on Christian values and we brought freedom to the world. That unfortunately translated into thinking that we are the best Christians in the world as well. The only Christian that is better than any other Christian is Christ himself. And we need to not put our nationalism above our faith in Christ. We, not, we must not put it above our faith, and we, not put, we must not put it beside our faith in Christ. The two have nothing to do with each other. Okay? Do not think you're a better Christian than somebody else because you are an American Christian. Verse of the day today comes from Romans 12, 9 through 13. And I want you to ponder this as you watch Loud Majority next and then live from America at 11. And that's this. Romans 12, 9 through 13. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Christianity is contagious, and that, my friends, is exactly how you spread it. Folks, that is going to do it for uh, Rise Up, episode 22. What a great, what a great way to spend our mornings together. Episode 22 of Rise Up, or episode 21. Where do we at? Are we on episode 21 or 22 here? We're on episode 22 already. Wow, 22 episodes in. That's going to do it for us today. We've got a loud majority coming up next. I cannot wait to be back with you on Rise Up again tomorrow for episode 23. 
It's only going to get better and better from here. Again, Loud Majority is next, so you're going to have to back out of this video and go into their video. Followed by Live from America, and I can't wait to, uh, to get right into it today as well. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, remember, there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I'm going to go out the same way as I went in. Waymaker, miracle worker. I love you guys. God bless you. Loud Majority comes up next. Have a great morning. Peace out.